Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, welcome to uh, Dilly Ding, Dilly Dong, the Leicester Mercury, Leicester City podcast. I'm Rob Tanner, the uh, Leicester City correspondent for the paper, and I'm with my colleague, Jordan Blackwell, and we're going to be uh, having a look at the state of play at the King Power Stadium at the moment as we caught them towards the end of a very eventful, very memorable 2016. And uh, it's been quite an incredible year. I mean, Jordan, not only as a journalist, but as a Leicester City supporter, it's beyond your wildest dreams, hasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, it's been... Um an extremely odd year in a sense that it's uh, everything that's happened has been unexpected um, from the title win to the disappointment I suppose of the first half of this season. Yeah well, I mean that's the big puzzle isn't it how can a side that has won the Premier League by 10 points and shocked the sporting world how can they now find themselves three points above the relegation zone. I suppose there's many factors to that isn't there I mean last season they didn't have any injuries very few suspensions and players were in form. It seems like it's the, it was the perfect storm for a title success. Well, it's the other way now, isn't it? They've uh, had quite a few injuries that, to key players. Uh, Papi Mendy uh, hasn't hardly played. Danny Drinkwater's been out. Kasper Schmeichel's been out. And now we've had the suspensions to Drinkwater and, uh, and Jamie Vardy as well. And Riyad Mahrez being completely out of form. Yeah, I think, um, I think Ranieri said everything last season all the sort of different circumstances they were always positive for Leicester this season that's not been the case we've seen with the suspensions with the injuries adding in the fact that teams now know how to play against uh, Leicester the loss of Angolo Kante has been a big factor as well um, and yes it's not quite the perfect storm that we had last season I mean if we look at uh, as well at Leicester City you know, there was no distraction it was all about the league and if we look at the Premier League this season, Chelsea and Liverpool are up there. They look like the two sides to beat and they've got no distractions. They've got no Champions League. And of course, Leicester City have uh, really placed a large emphasis on the Champions League. And, and it has, that has been another great success story. I mean, who would have thought Leicester mm. City in the last 16 of the Champions League looking forward in February uh, to a trip to Seville? I mean, that's another memorable milestone for Leicester fans. Yes, I think um, th- that has been the highlight of the second half of the year quite comfortably. Um, I don't think Leicester fans would have expected to get through the group stage uh, before the draw was made. I think once the draw was made, there was a possibility that it, that it could happen, but to, to be going into the last 16 as a, as a group winner um, is, is a massive achievement. But obviously at the moment, the big concern is their league position and you know, they, if they've placed all their emphasis on the Premier League and prioritised it, uh, it's not easy just to switch it on and off in the league. You, know, you can't just take that for granted and they find themselves in a very tricky situation going into the end of the year and uh, everybody's now going to be looking towards the transfer window. And uh, First of all, I think we need to assess the, the business they did in the summer and the shortfalls there if, if there are perceived to be any. Uh, there was, they spent, what is it, a net of 20-odd million? In total, and uh, but have they got good value for money? Thirty million pound in Islam Slomani. I suppose he's been hit and miss at the moment. Yeah, I think it, it seems like we've not quite figured out how um, how to get the most out of Slimani. 
I think his success at Sporting Lisbon, Lisbon was uh, due to their style of play in that Slomani hardly ever got involved in the build-up. He was there in the box ready to score headers and he, he was the man, he was the poacher. Uh, with Leicester, obviously with having less possession, he has to drop a little bit deeper and I don't think he's quite as comfortable with that. Um, so I, I, I don't think Leicester have got the best out of him yet. So I don't think, I think it's too soon to say it's, he's not worth £30 million uh, because I think the games where he has been able to get in the box, he has shown himself to be uh, an astute finisher. Well, you might be right. He might be a fox-in-the-box type uh, striker because I've been struggling to figure out really what his strength is. I mean, he's not a player that likes to play in behind. At times, he lo looks like he isn't the sort of player that likes to play to, with his back to goal as well. And uh, as we saw uh, uh, you know, at the weekend as well, he... Uh, he doesn't look that great in the air with winning flick-ons. And, and if he's an instinctive striker in the box, there was a classic moment for me towards the end when Ujo was on. The ball was bent to the back post. Ujo nodded it back into the danger area and uh, Slomani was nowhere to be seen. So I'm just looking to see where his actual strengths are. But you might be right. He might be the guy that he's got a little bit of an instinct around the six-yard box. And uh, it's up to City then, I suppose, to put on the service for him. Yes, I think um, certainly the introduction of Ujo sort of showed how... Um, weak Slimani is in terms of his hold-up play. I thought Ojoa did that very well in terms of winning flick-ons and um, you know sort of keeping the ball and playing it out wide. Um, but yes, he, you're right. He didn't show against Everton. He didn't show that um, instinctive knack. Um, and I think he will have to show more if he wants to to keep his place in the starting eleven. I suppose there was two areas of the side that uh, many City fans that feel uh, haven't been addressed in the summer. Obviously, replacing N'Golo Kante. Papi Mendy, we know, wasn't a replacement for Kante. He's a very different type of central midfield player. He was uh, seen and scouted uh, way before Kante was signed by City. So he was always on their radar. Uh, and we haven't seen him at all, We're really. I mean, the injury he picked up against Arsenal has kept him out. He's, he's back fit now, but he's short of match fitness. But also, the other area that I wanted to ask you about was centre-back. Um, I think it said it all that... Uh, Two players that Ranieri signed, Luis Hernandez and Johan Ben Luan, uh, were just completely overlooked when Robert Hoof was suspended against Everton, and it was 36-year-old Martin Vasilevsky uh, who was uh, who was uh, chosen to partner Wes Morgan, and uh, it's, I think it's fair to say that Martin looked a bit rusty. Yes, I think that's been the case in his in his recent uh, appearances. Um, whether that's his age catching up with him a little bit, uh, but yes, I, I think it is a, a massive disappointment, particularly for Hernandez. Uh, who will probably have expected to be that first backup to Morgan and Huth. Um, the fact that he, that Ranieri chose to to pick um, Vasilevsky despite some some dodgy performances against Porto and obviously being sent off against Chelsea in the League Cup um, will be a, will be a disappointment to Hernandez. Um, yes, he was rusty, Vasilevsky. Um, particularly, he showed that for the for the first goal. But in the first half, he did okay. Um, but it's certainly an area where Leicester needs to strengthen, you would say. Well, I think with, with Martin as well, to be fair to him, uh, as the older you get, you must you need to play more regular because it's harder to maintain that, that, that level of fitness and that, certainly that sharpness that is required, whereas a younger player can have spells on the sidelines and still be able to uh, bring it back to the boil, so to speak, uh, rather quickly. And I think it's also fair to point out that Leicester City did try to address both areas. We know they had a, a £15 million bid for Michael Keane, Burnley. They went for him quite uh, strongly. Um, 
our sources were telling us that Keane was keen on the move, excuse the pun, uh, but Burnley were obviously very reluctant to lose such a star player. And Troy Deeney would, was targeted as well for a striker uh, with a, a £20 million bid. That wasn't uh, successful. And of course, Adrian Silva, we thought they'd got him uh, from Sporting Lisbon. Uh, Adrian Silva went public and said how much he was looking forward to the challenge of the Premier League. Now, he would certainly have uh, done a job in centre midfield and possibly filled that a little bit of that void that Kante has left. I think it's completely impossible to find a, a replacement for Kante. I don't think such a thing exists at the moment. He's such a freak of nature, isn't he? He's a unique player. We haven't seen the light for a while of him. So we can certainly say that Leicester City did try in the summer and we were hoping they were going to try and... Uh, uh, revisit the Adrian Silva because the player was obviously keen on the move but I think Sporting Lisbon were very reluctant not only to lose their main striker to City but then to lose their captain as well I think that was something that they just uh, was unpalatable for the club the owner and the uh, and the supporters more importantly so uh, but we were interested to see I mean we haven't seen any speculation on Silva uh, so far but we have got one incoming imminent haven't we Wilfred Ndidi yes um, and I think this is the player that looks most like Kante. I think if you were to... I know he's been... Indeed, he's been quick to say he doesn't want to be compared to Kante, but if you look at his style of play, I think he does fulfil that role. You know, he's got high stats for tackles and interceptions, uh, you know, winning the ball back high up the pitch. And that's what Leicester need, really. That's what they're, they've been lacking this season because they've, they've, they've not been winning the ball back high, high up the pitch. They've not been able to counter as quickly... Um, as they would have liked because they're not uh, catching the, the opposition out at any point. Um, and whether Ndidi, well, it's, it's unlikely that Ndidi will be able to reach Kante's levels um, this season, but certainly at 20 years old, uh, he looks like he will have the, the potential to maybe reach Kante's levels. Um, whether he'll be included in the, the starting lineup. Immediately, I know Ranieri normally likes to assess his players in training first, but it seems likely that he's going to sign fairly early in the window, um, and you'd expect him maybe to play against Everton in the FA Cup. Yeah, my concern is that um, perhaps uh, there's too much expectation being placed on a young player, and certainly he's going to take, need time to adapt to the the jump in standard. And we've seen against Club Bruges that perhaps the standard in the Belgian league isn't the strongest and he's coming from a gank side that you know he's been the star man and I remember when Danny Amati was signed from FC Copenhagen the Danish journalist that we were speaking to were telling us that he was the best central midfield player in their league now it's taken Danny a long time yeah. to adapt to the demands of the Premier League and I just fear that uh, Ndidi is going to need a bit more time on a similar sort of level but Leicester City need players that are going to come in and make an impact now and I wonder whether really they should bite the bullet and be looking around the Premier League but of course sides in the Premier League are not going to want to part with their best players mid-season and this is why the January transfer window is such a difficult one to operate in because it's very hard to get value for money it is you know uh, it's almost like a last chance saloon for the sides that are fighting relegation the business they do in January can dictate whether they're successful or whether they fail in maintaining their uh, their, their status in the Premier League but uh, it's going to be an interesting January window uh, what were the other links we've had? Well um uh, obviously, with the focus on centre back, Michael Keane's name has cropped up again. But after his impressive performances for Burnley this season, a few bigger names than Leicester have also been linked to him. Um, but other than that, there's not been a lot. Um, there's not there's not been many rumours floating around. 
there's been a few wingers and strikers from abroad, which I'm sure most Leicester fans would say are not the the key areas to strengthen. Um, but there's not been a lot of uh, a lot of names floating about. No, I've I've been surprised how quiet it has been. I was expecting a lot more. Uh, of the rumour mill uh, to be turning in the build-up to the transfer window. I mean, we're only a few days now before it all kicks off. and uh, yeah, But I, we're expecting um, Leicester City to be very busy. I mean, Nididi by he's not going to be uh, the only signing by any means. They're certainly going to be trying to strengthen in the areas that we've highlighted, certainly at centre-back, uh, and possibly even in attack if they feel that Slomani's going to need a bit more time. I mean, I mean, Moose is a, a, a strange one, really. We, we thought we were getting a a really fast, lively striker in the, the same ilk as Vardy, but uh, he's told me personally that he doesn't like playing down the middle. He's a winger. He likes to be playing wide. Well, Leicester City have got a lot of wide players, a lot. I mean, Bartas Kapuska, we haven't seen it at all since he signed. I mean, the, I know it was reported he was a £7 million fee. It isn't. It's a £2 million fee. It's quite different to what's been reported elsewhere, but uh, perhaps they think he's one for the future or perhaps they've got him in and decided... He's not for them, but uh, he could be one of the ones that could be going out, Jordan. I mean, let me just emphasise for the listeners that Jordan does our daily Leicester City blog, so he's very much got his finger on the pulse and on what the, the rumour mills are and what's going on in the uh, in, in the Google world. He can work the Google machine superbly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, we're expecting Kapuska to go out and loan. There could be a couple of more departures as well. Yes, I think that's where there's been a lot more uh, rumours and uh, transfer news in terms of the departures. So the permanent departures are looking likely to be Jeff Schlupp and Leonardo Ujoa, who have obviously attracted interest um, from other Premier League teams. Obviously, Jeff Schlupp, notably West Brom for him, who bid for him in the summer. For Leo Ujoa, it's been Swansea and Sunderland. And both players are have been fringe players at Leicester City this season um, and are probably hoping to get some more game time. Uh, the other players that could potentially leave are Kapuska on loan, um, obviously, again, failing to, to have an impact this in this first half of the season. Um, it's expected that a few championship teams will be interested in him. And Matty James is the other one. Uh, with Ndidi coming in, that's obviously another player in, in midfield. Um, so Matty James may see his, his chances limited even more. And obviously, coming back after a 19-month layoff, he'll hope to... Um, to get a lot of first team football to you know to try and refine that form that um, he had in the survival season when he was playing really well alongside Esteban Cambiasso so a potential championship loan for him I, I think wouldn't be surprising well no, I'd be disappointed to see Leo Joa go I think he offers something that uh, Leicester City haven't got I, I mean I thought when he came on against Everton he he showed more intent in the first five minutes when he was on the pitch then Slomani had done in the whole game. He, he gets the ball wide and he gets into the box. And we've seen time and time again, he's capable of scoring important goals and certainly making an impact from the substitutes bench. But it's not as easy as just saying, Leicester City saying, uh, we're not selling. Uh, a lot of f- fans have said about Liam Moore, you know, they find themselves in a predicament where they're a bit short at centre-back. Why did they sell Liam Moore? Well, the truth probably was that because he wasn't getting any games, Liam Moore wanted to go elsewhere. He didn't want to just sit on decent money at Leicester City, he wanted to go and further his career and, uh, and and he took a pay cut to do so, to go to, to Reading and it's the situation with, uh, it's probably a similar situation with Jeff Schlupp and Leo Joe at the moment, they want to play more football, they're not getting enough game time, uh, they're probably unhappy and uh, I know that Claude Ranieri certainly had conversations with both of them about their futures and uh, we'll see what transpires in the window but it certainly isn't a case of Leicester City just saying, that's it, you're, you're Leicester City players and you're staying Claudio's always said 
if they're unhappy, they can move on. And I've also heard that um, China could be an option for Leo Zhou. Uh, there could be offers on the table for him for the, the Moneybags League of, of China, and that would be an interesting move. Yes, I, I think so. I mean, that's, you know, we've seen a lot of players head there over uh, recent weeks. I think Carlos Tevez is about to head over there and become the world's highest paid player. Um, so that wouldn't be surprising, for, particularly maybe for a player like Leo Zhou, who's now in his 30s and maybe thinking, uh, he's, you know, he's getting towards the uh, the end of his uh, career. Um, but no, I, I think um, it's it's probably the right thing to do. If players do want to leave, I don't think you know keeping them in the squad is is particularly beneficial, particularly if they're only going to make two or three appearances off the bench uh, for the remainder of the season. Um, but you would, particularly with Ujoa leaving, you would think they would need to strengthen with another striker, even if it was a, a youngster that could perhaps play more of an impact uh, over the next few years. So obviously Vardy's about to turn 30. I think Okazaki's in his 30s now as well. Um, so there's not a there's not a lot of youth uh, up front that I think Leicester will probably look at that and think we need to get some, some young guns in ready for the future. I certainly think so. I and mean, I think uh, with Nididi coming in, I think certainly we're going we're gonna to see a centre-half come in. Uh, of some level, hopefully it'll be one that will be able to come in and, and perform straight away. Uh, and again, I, be, I believe there'll be a, a striker as well. They'll look to strengthen in attack. And, and and I wouldn't be surprised if there was more than just the three players coming in. But we'll see how successful it is. There's a lot of um, a lot of emphasis now on John Rudkin, the director of football. It's uh, his time to shine. I know all the work's been going on for quite a while because Leicester City, the way they recruit, they do a lot of background on players before they go. They've been watching the Diddy for a long, long time. Uh, they've been monitoring him as he's uh, come through at Genk and all the hype's been surrounding him. So uh, they'll be trying to do that again. So the the names that will be on their uh, on their list, they would have probably been scouted now for a number of months, but it's now time to get those deals done. Never easy in the transfer window, but we'll see how they get on. What would be a successful window for you? A new centre-back, uh, like you say, a centre-back that could slot in straight away. Um and particularly form a good partnership, you would probably say, with Wes Morgan uh, straight away. That may be difficult, um, but certainly that would that would be my priority. Um, in terms of a successful window, I think another, yeah, another striker maybe, but more of a, not necessarily a goal scorer. I think Leicester need maybe a, a support striker, someone that can think, that can create chances from cent. Uh, centrally, I think a lot of Leicester's creativity comes from wide. Uh, there's a particular onus on on Riyad Mahrez to to do that. But I think if Leicester had another player that could play centrally um, and create chances there, I think that would help the team and it would also help Mahrez because I think he wouldn't be sort of crowded out like he is at the moment. Um, so they're they're the positions I would hope Leicester would strengthen. But I think particularly centre back is the um, is the obvious priority. And fingers across in the second half of the season as well that they have a bit more luck with injuries and suspensions and we start to see Vardy and Mares back to their best as well. And I think, I'm sure, if that is the case and they do recruit well as well to uh, strengthen the squad, Leicester City will be all right, won't they? Yes, I think so. I think um, looking at the other teams in the league, I, I would certainly say Leicester have performed a lot better than Hull and Swansea. I know Swansea are, are now looking for another manager and whether that manager comes in and turns around their fortunes, uh, that's um, still to be seen. But I think Leicester certainly have enough uh, quality. I don't want to say they're too good to go down, but certainly in the squad I think there, there are enough good players and they're, they're playing just about well enough 
um, to avoid uh, being in a serious relegation battle come the end of the season. Well, that's uh, optimistic stuff there from Jordan at the end to finish. Uh, Diddy ding, dilly dong. This is the last one of 2016. What a year it's been. Uh, join us again in 2017 and a happy new year to all the Leicester City fans and all our listeners on Dilly Ding Dilly Dong.